Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, Pastor Ken and Pastor Al would like to officiate services for Mr. Shetler. Thank you. Good evening. Tonight we have come together to celebrate the life of James Shetler. And on behalf of Crossroads Ministries, we'd like to extend our condolences and our sympathies uh, to the family and also to the friends. We're going to be watching a slideshow of pictures of Jim through the years. And uh, one of the songs is Good, Good Father. And that was one of his favorite songs. And the Lord promises to be a good, good father. He tells us that the Lord is good. He is a stronghold in any time of trouble, and he does care for those, and he knows those who trust in him.
Let's pray. Our Father, we want to thank you that you are a good, good Father. And tonight we just ask that you continue to be the God of all comfort. Uh, For Mary, Jessica and Jacob, Brian and Scott, Marlene and and Lord others, uh, for family and friends. God, we are just trusting that you'll minister, that you'll undergird, that you'll help. Father, we thank you that you promised to be there for us at all times. And Lord, as they go through these moments of of grief and sometimes pain that can't be explained, dear God, we just ask that you would just be there for them in an amazing way. We thank you, Father, for Jim's life, and we thank you, God, for the hope we have in you. Thank you, Father, that there's going to be a day where we can join him with you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. This time, uh, Jessica would like to come and uh, share some thoughts and, and memories. Although he is not here, he will still be, still be my grandpa. I will miss talking to him. He always cared about me and Jacob. He always made us laugh with his jokes. He was full of love and laughter. My grandpa helped me accept Jesus, and I will never forget that. I have many memories to cherish and hold on to to remind me of him and all that he did. I will always look back at all of the Snapchat pictures that I have on my phone with the funny filters, especially the dog filters that he thought were cool. I love poetry, so I found this poem that I wanted to share. God saw him getting tired and a cure was not to be, so he put his arms around him and whispered, Come to me. With tearful eyes we watched him suffer and saw him slowly fade away. Although we loved him dearly, we could not make him stay. A golden heart stopped beating, hard-working hands put to rest. God broke our hearts to prove to us he only takes the best. At this time, Mary is going to come and uh, share some thoughts and memories. I just want to thank you all for being here tonight for my dad, James Shuttler. Um, We are gathered here tonight to say goodbye to my dad. My dad was the light of my life. My dad was a loving dad and a great man. He was born August 8, 1944, and went home to be with the Lord on February 12, 2020. He was a good father to myself and my two brothers. He was a good grandfather to his three grandchildren. Not only was he a good father, he was my best friend. I was his only daughter, daddy's little girl. Now as a family, we had the honor, privilege, and blessing of knowing him as a father, dad, grandpa, grandfather, and pap. My dad attended this church, Library Baptist Crossroads Ministry, for 40 years, since 1980. He brought me and my brothers here when we were very young. He grew up here in this church because my dad did. I grew up here in this church because my dad did. I'm following my dad's footsteps, knowing that God is by my side. My dad was loving, giving, devoted, dedicated, and a God-loving man. God was very kind to my dad. In 75 years of life, my dad was a caring brother to his one and only brother, a hard-working father to two sons, Scott and Bryant, and don't forget myself. He worked as Ekansal, which he retired from, and Busy Beaver as a salesman. My dad had to leave his job at Busy Beaver to take care of his mother, my grandma. My dad took care of his mother just like I took care of my dad. Monday night, February 10, 2020, my boyfriend Ronnie 
said a prayer. And as I prayed with my boyfriend saying, I just want to hear my dad's voice just one more time. The next day, Tuesday, February 11th, when I went to the hospital, I was able to hear my dad speak a little. And after that, Pastor Ken and Al Finney prayed for my dad. Later that evening, I got a call from the hospital saying that my dad had to be put back on the ventilator again because he had a hard time breathing. On Wednesday, February 12, 2020, with the help of my boyfriend, Ronnie, and I gently held my dad's hand, talking to my dad as he was taking his last breath. I told my dad, don't worry, Daddy. I'll be okay. I also said to my dad that your son, Scott, and Brian love you, and that your grandkids, Jacob, Jessica, and Isaiah love you too. As I was saying my last goodbye, I was thinking of this Bible verse, Isaiah 42.6. I will take your hand and keep you. I trust that God did just that. About an hour later that night, February 12, 2020, my dad entered the presence of the Lord. I miss my dad deeply. Just about five weeks ago, my dad ate my spaghetti dinner. I know he loved my cooking because my kids do too. My dad always let us use his credit card, the scary thing, to go to McDonald's. He always wanted a cheeseburger or fish sandwich and coffee with lots of sugar. Well, his grandchildren, Jacob and Jessica, would go to the extreme and get a Big Mac extra value meal with a large milkshake. My dad should have been a meteorologist, always talking about the weather. He knew it was going to rain, snow, not so much sunny because we live in Pennsylvania. He talked politics a lot. I just ignored him when he talked politics. My dad loved his grandchildren very much. He mentioned Isaiah, who lives in the state of California. He mentioned my children, Jacob and Jessica. He always asked where my kids were. If they were not with me, he was concerned and wondered when they were coming home because he was missing them. Farewell, Dad, Father, Grandfather, Grandpa. We all miss you. You made us laugh and smile, Daddy. You did a real good job taking care of all of us, Dad. We love you. So after this service, my dad loved the donuts here at church, here at the church on Sunday mornings. If there were no donuts available here at the church, I always had to take him to the Giant Eagle down the street to get some. So on your way out, take a donut or two or three or a dozen or something um, on, on your way out whenever the service is dismissed. Thank you. Thank you, Mary, for those uh, just beautiful words. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54, we read the following. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord, your labor, is not in vain. Never forget, Jim, for many years, helped with Vacation Bible School. And he always wanted to help with the games. But the reality was, more than helping with the games, he wanted to make sure that all the children who are participating in the games, got a snack. And uh, so snacks would be served, and Jim's system was he would get all the children, you know, lined up, and he would be the one passing out the snacks and the drinks uh, to all the children. And he'd love it, and he'd always tell me, he'd say, Now, Al, I have no clue about this game. Because of games, you know, there's so many different things happening. He said, I let the people leading the game do that, and I make sure the children get the snack. 
And it just showed. He, you know, he cared about the kids. He just wanted to make sure they're having a great time at Vacation Bible School. And uh, he did it for year after year after year. And I'm not even sure how many years he did it, but he just did great with it. Roger Metcalf and I would, would visit Jim, and he always talked about the family. He'd talk about Jessica and Jacob and Isaiah. You know, he would, he would talk about things that Isaiah was doing in California. He would talk about Jessica with her art and how gifted and talented uh, she was. And, and he would mention things about Jacob. And sometimes he'd say, you know, the reality is Jacob could carry me around. And, uh, you know, it'd be so. And I used to think. You know, Jim, he could carry me, too. And then Roger would chime in and say, no, Al, you're pushing it. And, uh, you know, so it would just be a lot of fun. And, and you know, the dog, when we'd go to visit at the house, Jim used to say it took all my energy just controlling the dog. And, uh, and just a lot of fun. But through the years, Jim was just, he was. He loved his family. He'd talk about Mary and different things that were going on with Mary and, of course, with Ron and and with Scott. He'd tell us about the different jobs Scott was working and Brian being in California. He would just go on and on, just expressing all the many blessings. But not only that, I never heard Jim complain. He had a lot of health issues. He would talk about, you know, I'm trying to gain weight, but I can't. But he didn't complain. He was on oxygen all the time, but he didn't complain about it. He would say, you know what, it's great that we have oxygen. He said not everybody, and he'd go back, you know, years ago, people didn't have that ability to have oxygen all the time. So Jim always seasoned his words with a lot of grace and appreciation for life. And those are some of the things I remember. But I also remember this. He loved the chocolate. Because Roger would always take a chocolate bar with him. And, you know, Roger would always say, Jim, you can have a chocolate bar. And Jim would say, and I know I'm not allowed to share with Al. And it was like this bantering all the time. But always very gracious. And uh, that that's a great mark, isn't it? Because we live in a day where... Sometimes we're, we're not grateful for what we have. And Jim, I think, was a man that was grateful, not because of, but sometimes even in spite of. And uh, I appreciate that about him. This time, Pastor Ken is going to come. You know, as uh, as we come tonight, we've been celebrating Jim Shetler's life. <clears throat> I'm just reminded, last uh, about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago now, Pastor Al and I went up there and we popped in to visit him. He was over at Havencrest, and uh, and and he was he was skin and bones, wasn't he? And uh, and he was just uh, he had the oxygen on, and. And but we caught him in a in a good mode because he talked and talked and talked and talked some more, and I'll never forget that because uh, you know Jim Shetler was a quiet guy, and that's what Mary said. Mary said we're quiet people, uh, but Jim Jim was a quiet guy in public, and so I I was sitting there and Jim just was talking talking talking, and I said Jim tell me about how you came to know Jesus. How did you come to know Jesus as your personal Savior? And he told me, he said, he said it was in 1980, September of 1980. He said, my wife Marlene started to go up to the church up there. And a few weeks later, I came. And I came on a Sunday night. And Pastor Arnold gave the sermon that night. And Pastor Arnold told how that you could have Jesus as your personal Savior and know for sure that you're going to heaven. And he said he got up out of the pew and walked down the aisle here, right in this very church. And one of the deacons took him into one of the rooms up, uh, downstairs. And he said, I prayed to receive Christ as my Savior that day. And he said, I have been going to that church ever since September of 1980. And I was just humbled by that. Like 1980 to 2020, that's a long time, isn't it? 
and uh, and to just be faithful and to just be the quiet guy who's who's always there loving the donuts, right? And he loved, you know, when I, when I heard he loved the donuts, I said, I knew we had something in connection there, right? We love the donuts here. But uh, I, I just uh, I just want to encourage you with that because, you know, Jim is not here. He's with the Lord. Absent from the body, present with the Lord is what the Scriptures say. So as we celebrate his life and, and we have his remains here, I want to remind you today that he does not remain here. He is in heaven with God Almighty. And not because he was a good person. Oh, he had a lot of good accolades. He did a lot of good for his family. Uh, he was a hard worker man. Um, you know, he told me he told me about his days over at Consolidated Coal. He was a hard worker. I ran into him at Busy Beaver back in the day. He used to work at Busy Beaver. He was a steady worker. And, uh, and, and he worked as much as he could up until he had to take care of his own mother. But, uh, you know, he's, he's not in heaven because of his good deeds. The Bible says that our righteousness, our good works, do not get us to God. And, you know, as good as he was, that was the byproduct. That's the byproduct of knowing God. And so what he, he's in heaven because Jesus died on the cross and paid for his sin once for all forever. And with childlike faith, Jim opened his heart in 1980 and started a relationship with God. And we celebrate that today. And so today I want, I want to remind you that God, gave, God gives people in our life, and they are here for a reason. The Scripture says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And so when you think about that, <clears throat> Jim Shetler was placed in your life. Mary and Scott and Brian out in California, he, he, he placed Jim as your dad. And uh, you get some of the characteristics of your own life now from Jim. And God placed him there. And the Scripture says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father up above. And so you can look and, and take all those the good memories and know that, uh, that God gave those to you. The hard times, we know that those were hard times, but we know that God gave us all the good things. Amen? Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father up above. So I want, I want you to be reminded tonight of that. And I want you to know that it's okay to mourn. Before we got started tonight, Mary said she's trying to hold back tears. And, uh, and Pastor Al and I both looked at her and said, it's okay. And you know why it's okay? Because tears, somebody once said, are the blood of the soul. And they really are. Because when your soul's in pain, it has to share it. And I want to encourage you all here tonight that it's okay to cry. It's okay to weep, to weep with Mary and Scott, to, uh, to, to bear their burdens, to weep with Jessica and, uh, and Jacob, and to know that, that God is here with us. Because he says that, that uh, you know, even Jesus in the Bible cried. It was the first verse I memorized in the Bible, John 11:35. Jesus wept. I memorized it because it was the shortest verse in the whole Bible. I knew I could win. I, I won the drill that day, right? Jesus wept. You know why Jesus cried at the funeral? His friend died. He cried because they didn't understand who, who Jesus was. I mean, there was multiple reasons, but part of it was he was at a funeral, and it, it's okay. And I want you to know today that it's okay that as we come tonight to, to, to shed tears. Because it's the blood of the soul. It really is. And God, God has given us uh, this ability to do that. But God doesn't just leave it there. He says that blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And so we, we don't understand that in our world, do we? Because our world says, get over it, get moving. But God says, no, stop and mourn. For those who mourn will be comforted. You'll be blessed. And so this is how God works because God is the one who wants to meet your need tonight. I know that your hearts are broken. And as I look at, uh, look at, look at your family, Mary and Scott and, and for Brian, I know that you guys have shattered pieces laying around right now. But God promises this. He said, I am the one who heals the brokenhearted. Only God can put that back together. So he says that blessed are those who mourn for God himself will 
will be our comforter. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we read that God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He is the God of all comfort. He comforts us in trouble. Over in 1 Peter 5.8, he says, Cast all your care on him, for he cares for you. So we get to, we get to cast our, our, our problems, our worries, our concerns. We get to throw them onto Jesus. And when we do that, he says that he promises to meet those needs. And so tonight I'm reminded that uh, the death is, uh, is not the end. It is the beginning. For Jim Shetler, this was not the last stop. This was the first stop of the rest of eternity. And so, you know, when you think of, uh, think of the brevity of life, I see, uh, I see young people in here tonight. You know, I was talking to Jacob, you know, playing football up at high school. Man, that's awesome. Jessica, going through high school years, all this. They're young, and they're thinking about their future ahead of them. But nobody thinks that one day we're going to wake up and it will not be here anymore. Nobody thinks of those terms. And the Bible says this, that life is like a vapor. We're here today and gone tomorrow. You know, when you go out the door tonight, it's, there's going to be a little bit of breath. You breathe and that little bit of steam comes out. That's called western Pennsylvania, isn't it? You know, you breathe and that little bit of steam comes out and it's gone. And God says that that's what our life is like. It's here and then it's gone. And like Jim, 40 years ago, in this church, coming and started coming to church for 40 years, he never, he never could have told you how fast that would have went by. He, he, had, he had young kids. I saw three little kids on that screen, didn't you? Those were the three little kids that started to come to the church here. Mary, Scott, and Brian. They were just little kids running around the church. And, uh, and that, was, that was what God started. And, and, uh, and, and you know, his life f- flew by. And, uh, and now Mary has her own kids, and Brian has his own, and, and Scott has his family. And so we're, we're all, listen, life moves by quickly. We're here today and gone tomorrow, the Scripture says. But I'll tell you what, here's, here's what's so cool. Is he said, God says, I've come that you might have life. And that while, that while that life here on earth is short, I'm promising you eternity forever and ever with God. And with that eternity, he says, if you will trust me, just like Jim did. He got up, walked down the aisle, and somebody opened up a Bible and showed him how to have this life. He says, if you will follow me, if you will be a follower of Jesus Christ, trust me with your heart, with your soul, that I will give you life eternal, and it will start now. And when you go through the hard times of life, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so for... For us today, I want to remind you of this as, as we see this, this, the remains of Jim Shetler in this room tonight. I want to remind you what, what Jesus said. Jesus uh, tells us in his word, 1 Corinthians 15, we read that Christ died for our sins just as the scripture said. He was buried and he raised, was raised from the dead on the third day just as the scripture said. You see, folks, we have, we have an issue and Jesus died for that issue. It's our sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 But the wages of sin is death. is separation from God forever and ever. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's only one way to get to God. And it's not, not through any other means but by Jesus. It's not by being a good person. It's not by going to church. It's not by giving your money. It's not by feeding the poor. It's by trusting Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father. No man gets to God except through Jesus. And I want to assure you tonight that this is not the end for Jim Shetler. He is with God Almighty. And just like Jesus rose from the dead, one day we too shall be raised. Those who have, the Bible says that those who have fallen asleep in Christ, and then that's not people fall asleep in church, okay? Those who have fallen asleep in Christ, those who have died in, in, in uh, trusting Jesus Christ, they too will rise again. And one day God's coming back and he will perform those miracles and we will forevermore be with the Lord. But it's not based upon something that we do. It's based on 
someone that we trust. Jesus Christ. Jesus rose from the dead. He was seen of more than 500 witnesses. He is alive. And he conquered death. And he tells us, John 14, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And so you know what Jesus did for Jim? He went and prepared a place for him. And when Jim took his last breath, he went to be right with God Almighty. Right with God Almighty. And Mary, as you were there that night, and you you were just right near him as he was taking his final breaths, you know that his eyes opened in heaven. And that is the best, isn't it? He is no longer a slave to this breaking down body. He's no longer a slave to this to this body that is in, in disrepair and and he can't you know I, I was looking at him two weeks three weeks earlier, Pastor Al and I were up there and I I saw he was real thin I was trying to get him to eat you know I was going to save him. I was going to really help him right I was going to get him a Big Mac is what I was going to do right and he goes no I, he goes he's like the food in here is terrible I was like well just drink this in a bottle of Ensure right and uh, doing what everybody wanted to do everybody I'm sure was giving him those speeches but his body was shutting down and he was fighting this disease. And everything that he did positive to help it, it just would not work. And I'm reminded of this, that God had a plan. So over in Psalm chapter 90, Psalm chapter 90 is a phenomenal passage. It helps us understand what life is all about. It helps us understand, like, there's nothing that we could have done that would have kept Jim Shetler here. Because God had a plan. And let me just share these verses with you because they are so freeing. They are, it's just incredible. Psalm 90 chapter, uh, verse 1 says this, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all the generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting you are God. So he says, God, you are our place of safety, our dwelling place. You're, you're, this is, we, get, we get joy in, from being in you and with you. You turn men, verse 3, you turn men back to dust, saying, return to dust, O sons of men. No doctor could have kept Jim Shetler here. We had the best that we could that helped him. God said, return to dust, O sons of men. It is God. God knows the day that you were born, and he knows the day that you will die. The problem is we don't. And it's a good thing. Um, we, we, we are taught, the Scripture tells us, to, to, uh, to, to live every day because they're on borrowed time from God. He says, for a thousand years in your sight is like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. You sweet men in the sleep of death, they are like the new grass of the morning. All our days pass away. We finish our years with a moan. The length of our days is 70 years, or 80 if we have the strength. Yet their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and fly, and we fly away. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And so this is God's plan. God said, I, I have your whole life. I know your beginning. I know every day, and I know your last day here. But God says this is not the end. There's more. There's more. And so Jim Shetler, his days were ordered of the Lord. And we can rest in that tonight, and we know that that is where, where he's at. He's with the Lord. And, uh, and he is on, you know, if you go in Revelation, you read about heaven. It's powerful. It says that there's a street of gold. Mary, imagine your dad telling you about the street of gold. I, I, the way he was talking when we were with him, I know he'd be telling you, I couldn't believe it. I just saw the street of gold. And you'd have to come see this. And you know what? If he could come back, he'd be telling you about that street of gold. He'd be telling you about all the beauty of heaven. And he would tell you about the beauty of Jesus. And he would tell you that heaven is real. And he would tell you to trust Jesus Christ. And I want to give you that opportunity tonight to trust Jesus Christ. Just like Jim Shetler did 40 years ago. Walk down this aisle. And you don't have to walk down the aisle to do it. 
But you know, Jessica, didn't you tell in your in your statements tonight, didn't you say that Grandpa helped me trust Jesus? That's quite a legacy. Tonight, I want to let you trust Jesus. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around, we are so thankful that you could come tonight and to, to just be with us and and to celebrate Jim Shetler's life and to support Mary and Jacob and Jessica and, and Scott. But I know tonight that your hearts are heavy and that some in this room may be ready to open their heart to Jesus, just like Jim did 40 years ago, just like Jessica did as a child. And if that's you tonight, you say, Pastor Ken, I, I'd like to... I'd like to invite Jesus into my life. If that's you, I'd like to invite you to pray a prayer with me, just quietly. Pray it inwardly between you and God, and just tell him that you want him into your life. Just pray something like this. Repeat this after me to God. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I've done wrong things. If I get what I deserve, I'd be separated from you forever. But Jesus, you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You came back to life again. And I trust you with my heart. I trust you with my soul. And you said, whosoever believes on you, whoever would call on your name, that you would save them from their sin. So, God, I'm calling on Jesus tonight to save me from my sin. Just with our heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, if you, if you prayed that prayer tonight, I'd just like to remember you in a closing prayer. And uh, If you just slip your hand up and I remember you in a closing prayer, I won't single you out. I'll just pray for you tonight. Is there anybody like that you prayed tonight? And you just, God bless you. God bless you. All right. Are there others? I see several hands. God bless you. God bless you. Several hands all over this place tonight. That's what Jim Shetler would be so thrilled tonight to know that you've opened your heart to Jesus. But I'll tell you what, Jesus is even more happy that you opened your heart. And I'm just going to pray and pray for those tonight. Father God, I thank you for... For these folks in here tonight, Lord, that opened their heart to you, and they have started a relationship with you right here tonight, God. So, God, I pray that uh, that you you'll be with each one of us, Lord, as we as we move from this place, Lord, as we as we seek to come alongside of of Mary and Scott, of Jessica and Jacob, Lord, as we seek to rally around them and let them know how much we love them and care for them and and how much we will miss their dad, their grandpa. Lord, we do thank you for the life of Jim Shetler. We thank you for his legacy. And his legacy tonight of several people opening their heart to Jesus Christ. God, I pray you'll be with each one of them that have prayed tonight. And Lord, for those that have prayed and did not raise their hand. God, I pray that you will, you will minister to them. You will meet them right where they are. And this will be a grand uh, beginning of a new day in their life. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you are the good, good Father, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And God, we commit this hour to you, Lord, as we come to the close of our service now, Lord. We, we commit these remains to the ground from whence they came, Lord. And we know that, uh, we, we, we know that you have... Uh, you have taken Jim to be with you. He is not here. He is in your presence. And we thank you for that eternal fact. In your precious name we pray. Amen. This concludes funeral services for Jim. On behalf of his family, I'd like to thank Pastor Ken and Pastor Al for officiating tonight's memorial service. For all of you in attendance and for any sympathies you may have extended to his family. 
As it has been mentioned, Jim was a huge fan of coffee and donuts, and if you'd like to share in a time of fellowship to further celebrate his life, please um, see his family in the back and take part in that fellowship. Thank you.